0: Yeah, you're using oh. like all your ethers and your, your potions and stuff and, uh, and you're supposed to lose anyway,
1: what? N- yeah. Nonsense, nonsense. Yeah. You do not use a single ether <laughs> or elixir until you have over a hundred of them. You're at the very end of the game and you're like, well, there might be a bonus boss after this, so I still am not going to use it. Hello oh, and welcome back to another episode of the Cardboard Herald, my chance to talk with creative gamers and game creators. And today I'm joined by Dan Letzering of Letterman Games and then also Nicholas Yu, the designer of the upcoming Letterman Joint Adventure Tactics. Welcome to the show, guys.
2: Thanks. Hey, thanks for having us.
1: Hey, I feel like I really built that intro up there. <laughs> and you were coming in a little a little soft on that. You're like, man, this dude from Alaska, he's pretty intense. That's great. Yeah, you're really (laughs)
2: excited. Let's get this going. I'm excited. I'm excited to talk about this.
1: (laughs) Well, it's, you know, later for you there. And also, you know, you're in the midst of a move, Dan. And then um, you guys have exhaustively been working on this Kickstarter. (laughs) So I can understand. But clearly, I'm so excited about this. Let's get this out of the way up front. Mm -hmm. This game looks like it is finally the tabletop gaming (laughs) adaption uh, or inspired adaption. Of Final Fantasy Tactics, I've been looking for true or false.
2: That's absolutely what we're hoping. Um, yep, yeah, yeah, that's true. So it's so, strongly inspired by. It, no, it started with our conversation about Final Fantasy Tactics. So you're right that it was not just like we wanted to be partially inspired by Tactics. Nick and I, I approached him was like that was my favorite game of all time, and yes, he said me too, mine, mine too. Yeah, his eyes yeah. And, I mean, we'd known each other for a long time, and for some reason, this just conversation came up a couple of years ago mm-hmm. and we were like yes and we started working on it right away and it was just because we both had a, a love for this game yeah and so yeah we've been working on it for two, for two years now dan and i do the
0: local maker fair every year and we've been doing that for five next year will be our sixth year,
2: this and year a couple yeah, of,
0: nice. yeah a couple years ago dan you know that conversation took place dan's like i love final fantasy tactics Nice of me too and then uh uh, I came back later that weekend. Like, that was Saturday. Sunday, yeah. Sunday night, I had, like, 20-page design document. <laughs> yeah. Classes online. Yeah. Yeah. I, was, I was ready to go. Like, as soon as Dan said it, I'm like, yeah, let's, let's do this.
2: But but you're right in that, like, so a lot of games try and have this tactics feel, but they don't do, there's not that job class system. So that's what we yeah. wanted was the, you know, we wanted a game that felt like, okay, the fighting. There's a lot of encounter skirmish-type games where you go fight to fight, which felt like in that game. But we wanted that free-form, like, you can just advance you get jo- so we don't have job points but you know that that feeling of right. okay how do i spend my leveling up what do i do and this game has a, so many options it's free form leveling up if you're a wizard and you want some heals or just to round your character out or you didn't have enough you go cleric level 1 you get a couple heals but then you go back to wizard and level up through that, and then the two combined you make a warlock. You level up through warlock or shaman, yeah. and then you can go back to wizard three after level three. Or you know, it's really however you want to do it. And that's what we wanted was that freeform: pick your passives, pick your abilities, slot your actions in, and then build your deck and go from there. Yeah. And- okay, so. I
1: need this game on my table right now. <laughs> what I really yeah. want to know is if I can surround the equivalent of a wild chocobo and just continue hitting it and then have it heal my party and then abuse the experience now, there's, system. There's no grinding. Oh, man, no come grinding. on. Yeah. That, that to me is core principles. There are callbacks, though. Okay, okay.
0: Like, you're not going to have everybody be a squire and have focus. So you can just stand still and focus to get job points, right? Yeah. Um, but there is an ability called... Uh, Rock toss, which is a throwback to the Squire starting stone throw. That's so, great. I mean, they're, they're yeah. absolutely they're absolutely right references and called back to the game that we loved. But uh, I mean, so, some things obviously had to change from digital
2: to, to yeah. tabletop. We didn't. We don't have any like animals you're riding. And there's no chocobos or anything <laughs> like that. Obviously, we couldn't get too close to the IP, <laughs> so there, there's nothing like that in there. But. Um... I think there is a Chocobo game coming out this year, right? I think I Yeah, Square, Square's
0: that. actually getting into the
2: game yeah.
1: space, They're which is getting,
2: yeah. scary. Like, I mean, well, we'll be out there first, but maybe they'll <laughs> want to talk about an actual tactics licensed game.
1: Go check out the the cover art to the upcoming expansion to Bunny Kingdom and tell me they don't have a Chocobo on the cover of that thing. <laughs> I, I saw swear that. to God. Now, I I occasionally get accused of going deep into real niche interests without giving some baseline explanation here. So maybe for the layman who hasn't played Final Fantasy Tactics or hasn't even seen this game, let's go over like a nutshell on what Adventure Tactics is, what people could expect if they're just a a tabletop gaming enthusiast and they're like, what is this new thing?
0: Well, as Dan was saying, you know, they're very similar games out there like Descent, Gloomhaven. They have, you know, your grid-based uh, dungeon battler, right? Tactical minis combat, but again, what what's really gonna, we want to set this game apart is the class system. Where it's it's freeform. You start with a base class, and then you expand. and We have over twenty classes that you can you can mix and match, uh, and you can go back and forth. You're not stuck. Uh, like in Descent, you're always that same character. In Gloomhaven, um, you know you can unlock new classes, but then that's your character. And a lot of times, you don't even know what that character is once you've unlocked it until you start playing it. You're so you're kind of stuck with it. Right. So these are great games that we love, but they don't have that class system which, to me, just screams Final Fantasy Tactics.
2: Yeah, and I was going to say the other thing that he didn't mention, too, is we have over 20 classes, and each class has five levels within it. So each yeah. class has every level up gives you better cards or different cards within that class that might maybe synergize within that class and um, make you better at what you do for, for within that class so there's level five wizard uh, up to level five shaman level five paladin and like nick said you could go level one two of one and then switch mm-hmm. to something else and then go back um and really just build your deck how you kind of want to direct your
1: character is it. this uh fully cooperative or is there a co- yeah. uh, competitive element to this
0: yeah, it's full of co-op. Uh, there, there's a dungeon, a boss deck, that tells you what the monsters do when it comes up. So you don't have to have a DM player like Descent. You don't have to be educated, uh, and, and Dan has talked about the action system. So uh, your actions are based on cards. So there's some actual deck building too. It's it's class building. So you get some fighter cards for being a fighter. Uh, the more fu- fighter levels of fighter you level up in, the more fighter type cards you get. And then you know, wizard will give you t- uh, fireballs, some AOE. Cleric will give you heals. And then you know, as you move into the uh, advanced classes, you specialize uh, into those those types of things too. Uh, but there's also uh, passive and dice abilities, like if you remember, uh, you got you had those slots that you had in Final Fantasy Tactics. Oh, yeah. uh, which, once you unlock it, right? And so you mix and match. And so we have that in there too, like the wizard can slide diagonally one square. Um, scout, uh, the archer has scout, which is Dan's wife's stuff, uh, favorite ability, it allows you to move up and down in the initiative order. So we do initiative like those classic uh, JRPGs too, where uh, each character is represented by an icon, and
1: you just splay them out and shuffle them. So each round, you have a, a random initiative. It's going to be uh, an entire campaign, right? You're playing several mm-hmm. games in succession. Yeah. Is there a story to this,
2: or is it just going to be a, mm-hmm. a series of rooms that you're encountering? So so there's there's a long story. It's choose your own adventure, so you're not even going to see everything within it. Oh, that's the, great. The overarching story goes, um, but you know, even the beginning of the campaign... It starts, I, you know, this isn't a spoiler, but the, the story starts where you're at a village. Each character has their backstory with what they're doing. There's an assault on the gate and a, an assault at the back of the village. And the first fight, you pick which one you want to go to. So even yeah. right at the beginning, you pick your starting fight. Um, really without knowing much about what either one is. And they're completely different fights. They give you different lo- uh, They give you different like items if you defeat the fight in certain ways. One could direct you to the other fight. Um, Depending on how well you do in some fights, they might direct you to other fights or Mm -hmm. random encounters later. Um, There's like a random encounter deck that you pull cards out of and you don't really set up a fight. But if you lose to a boss, maybe their henchmen might come up in the random encounter deck because you didn't kill them all in an earlier fight. So the story kind of has little bits that carry through. And there's a main overarching story that drives you through it as well.
1: What about characters? Like, am I just going to have a, a default character who has no inherent abilities themselves? Or do you pick a character? They may have some sort of specialty and then you're going to evolve them through the job class system.
0: You you pick a specific character and you evolve them through the job system. We, we, we originally had, you could be anything, anytime, and all five people could be the exact same. But we actually felt that restricting that created more freedom. Uh, we don't want all the characters to feel the same, right? Uh, like uh, exactly the same. And so you have your five basic art, archetypes, fighter, cleric, archer, rogue, wizard, and each each person is one of those. And, and they're named, and they have a uh, unique art.
2: Yeah. So, so you go from there. It starts and so, so if you choose something like the archer to start. And so that's Olette. She's the archer. And that's your your player board and your mini. And it's going to start as Olette. And as you level up and you change classes, kind of the the picture of your class may not look like Olette anymore. But you're still using that player board and that mini. You're still Olette. You just gain some abilities through other jobs as well. But that's your character. She has a backstory that starts where she is in the beginning of the campaign when you meet up with this group. And so um, you're her. And although you may go away from being an archer, that's who your main character is through the game.
1: What I know about adapting any sort of system, whether it's another tabletop gaming system, a video game system, where where you're trying to capture the essence of something, there are so many ideas and, and it has to evolve so much. I want to know, like, what was some of the most challenging aspects of designing this game to make it actually feel right? And were there some things that you just couldn't get that are left on the cutting room floor? We, we had
0: to make some sacrifices for that. I think the class system, that, that stayed pretty intact from front to finish. But mm-hmm. in, a, in a solo video game, digital game, it's fine if your character misses, right? You have a bunch of other characters, that's fine. In the multiplayer game, that really sucks. Like, yeah. like your t- it comes up in yeah. turn. You're like, well, I guess they didn't do anything. Sorry, guys. Sorry. Right?
2: So there are no misses in this. Yeah.
0: So we, we, there's no accuracy system. Instead, there's different um, custom dice, and they have different values. So, you, like the white die is a D3; it's one to three. Um, so the cleric gets that for their heals and their damage spells. The fighter has them, and the wizard have relo- the most reliable die. It's uh, two, three, four, five. There's two twos, two fives. The archer uh, has a swingy die, the black die. It's got two ones and two sixes. Uh, there's no three or four, so it's all it's one, one, two, five, six, six. And uh, there's a blue die, which is just generally in better. It's three, three through five. So, you know, th- there's still some better, or, like, there's some mitigation uh, in terms of rolling the different dice, but you're never going to do nothing on your turn unless you literally just choose to do nothing on your turn.
2: Yeah. And, and one thing that got cut that I think, you know, there's a lot of things we captured from Final Fantasy Tactics, and like, mm-hmm. except the job class system is very true to that, and it stayed true throughout. And that's something we really wanted to focus on. So, one thing we had to kind of cut was, in tactics, there's the terrain, right? In oh, the elevated terrain, yeah. Terrain, right? So that we don't have right now, but it's something that we may want to visit in the future. But I just, you know, at some point you kind of had to say, what's the focus of what we're building right now with this main campaign? And that wasn't a part of it. Yeah. You know, I, mean, there's,
0: I mean, there's one touch that fight that touches on yeah, it the, uh, the uh, skeletal towers. Yeah, yeah. So w- w- we have it, but it's not represented in, you know, blocks. Yeah. So it's, it, it was basically just treated as extra movement. But I mean, Let's say this game the campaign does amazingly well, and we have we can do an expansion. Yeah, I would love to have like a mountain map uh, that goes out, yes. and you yeah. know everything is awesome that you remember from from tactics.
2: So we have a lot more plans, but we had to pick really, like I said, a focus to to yeah. to make this first game. It's a big project in and of itself as it is. and um so we had to pick exactly kind of how we wanted to go and make it streamlined. And you know, I'd say one more thing was just making sure I mean, as you're leveling up, the bosses are, Appropriate levels for how you're leveling yeah. up, right? There's so yeah, there's no different. Grinding. Right, there's there's so many different ways you can go with your leveling up, staying within your character, switching around, coming back, and making sure that the bosses are kind of appropriate so that it's not too hard, not too easy every fight, right? Um, and so that they're all appropriate levels. So that's been kind of a challenge. But we, we yeah. also tweaked uh, movement and
0: range. Uh, we, we we did a compromise solution. So uh, diagonal movement is is pretty broken in uh, uh, grid-based games. Uh, so we, we, you know, one character's special ability allows him to move diagonally once, but that, you know, that, that that's a cost that you have to slot that ability. So we left movement as orthogonal, but range uh, we did, uh, like you remember, like D and D. So diagonal counts for range too. So it's a little different because movement is orthogonal, cardinal directions,
1: and their range is just uh, how you generally do range in in, in the tile games. Is there a better word to represent nerdy tabletop gaming hobbies (laughs) than orthogonal? Like, I I I drop orthogonal every chance that I can, and the only person that's going to actually know that word is someone who's actually playing tabletop games with me. (laughs) Like, if I'm at the office and I'm like, you know, if we move orthogonally in this, like, what the hell are you talking about? Something that I've noticed in a lot of adventure games and dungeon crawl games where you have these DM-less experiences, you're playing fully cooperative, is that there's a trend towards fail-forward games. Games where if you are playing a mission and you fail the mission, you don't just replay it, you just may have some sort of story consequence, you may have some actual mechanical consequence, but you still move forward. And at first, I was really hesitant. I was like, yo, that ain't my style of gaming. You gotta play until you win. Until I realized, like, that kind of feels lame like when you have to have this this group get together to play a game and it takes so much in order to orchestrate that especially when you have kids you have families you have jobs and then you play a campaign game and then you get your one one shot in and you fail and you're like man I guess I'll see you next week to play that (laughs) exact same thing again how did you guys approach that? So, so we
0: have that exactly. Uh, we actually, yeah. each uh, scenario actually has three ways to progress. There's your basic success. There's a bonus objective, and then there's a failure state.
1: Oh my God, uh, so, that sounds amazing! Having a bonus objective will have me chasing yeah. that down every single time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. But that,
0: the, the first fight, like the Rigby fight, can actually be kind of challenging. Uh, and that, not, not I mean, I guess I guess this is spoilers. But you have to defeat all his minions, like his ads. Uh, in order to get the bonus objective for for him and he'll and he also summons two more when he hits half hit points so at that point you kind of have to make the decision okay we can just burn him down and, and win right that's the basic. Yeah. or you have to kind of let him trail around beating on you while you defeat his the ads that he spawned as reinforcements so
2: mm-hmm.
0: it, it, every fight has something like that yeah. um so and, just, and you still progress when you when you fail too
2: just to touch on the only fight that breakby fight is the only fight you, you repeat if you fail but it's meant to be an intro and no one should yeah, really do- be failing that one, so that's why it's like you replay it just because you got to do better because <laughs> the <later laughs> right, right, play, right, 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 right. Um, but but like Nick said, yeah. So there's and it's funny because the intro fights, even if they feel, e- er, uh, sorry, even if they feel easy, when you start going for the bonus objective, you're like oh, we actually might not make it, right? Like the bonus objective is what tilts you to like, oh my gosh, this fight just went from kind of easy to we're probably going to lose, you know? And then you're like, forget it. Forget it. Let's just forget the bonus (laughs) objective. We just 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 had to go, go, yeah. But yeah, if you fail, most fights if you fail, um, like Nick said, there's there's, um, different perks you might not get. There's different items you might not get that you might need later that you have to end up buying or doing things for. There's random encounters that might come up now because you failed that fight. Um, they might yeah or like you get chosen options so if you beat this fight you get to choose option 1a or 1b but if you fail you only go to 1a and you don't get a choice anymore
1: what i really like about that is it gives you agency within the campaign itself and it still allows a a failure to to mean something for your group it's not just a loss of time you're still progressing and you're invested, and, and it gives you a little bit of information. Are, are there persistent elements uh, that uh, you know for a fact, you know, maybe even taking a loss on this fight, cutting your losses now may be beneficial in the long run? Or are there going to be times where uh, you're at, at the very edge of death and you're like, I still have to throw everything I can at this fight in order to continue?
0: There are times where the bonus objective will give you an advantage. Uh, so, you, you know, you, that, I mean, it's a kind of a push or lock. So you, okay. do you feel it's going to be worth it? So um, that not so much for the failure. Like, I didn't want to set up a deliberate fail because that feels kind of cheap. I don't like it when it have some, happens in video games either uh, when you, you have an unwinnable fight or something that you're supposed to lose. Uh, so we, did, we don't have that in there. But, that, I mean, that's something that we could consider is.
1: Yeah, make that a cutscene in every video game ever. Please do not make an unwinnable fight that I am, like, trying so hard to win, and then it's like, oh, you were supposed to lose.
0: Yeah, you're using, oh. like, all your ethers and your, your potions and stuff, and, uh, and you're supposed to lose it anyway, what?
1: Nonsense, yeah. nonsense. You do yeah. not use <laughs> a single ether or elixir until you have over a hundred of them. You're at the very end of the game, and you're like, well, there might be a bonus boss after this, so I still am not going to
2: use it. Um, and I just wanted to point out one thing, because you were saying about the time it takes to get this together. One thing that also separates us from some of these other encounter games mm-hmm. is... Our encounters about 45 to 60 minutes each so it's not like the three or four hour fights we wanted people to be able to replay this there's the different paths you can take different classes you could level up through you're going to want to play this again and doing 10 it's about 10 fights in a full playthrough we want you to be able to do it again so in a three hour night you can get through about a quarter to a third of the campaign if you really pushed it and so um so if you can get your friends together and do that you can turn through a couple encounters advance, level up um, feel that progression. They're still long enough that you feel like you're doing something, but it's not killing three hours of time for one fight that you end up losing anyway. Like you said, it's about an hour.
1: That is a relief. You know, the the flip side of the fail forward thing is, uh, for example, in Journeys of Middle Earth, which I just did my final thoughts on the campaign, I was really positive on the game overall, but one of the experiences that I had was that we, we succeeded on almost every single mission, we failed a couple, but we still moved forward, and that felt great, and then we got to the final mission, and we lost it, and... We lost it without really having context going in for what we would need in order to win it. And that felt really hollow. And because of the nature of that game, you can't just replay the the end mission. They lock you out and it's got the app integration stuff. But in your game, how did you handle that, that final battle to make it feel climactic and interesting and not overly
2: punishing and ultimately like bad if you lose it so there's two parts to the game there's the first half going up to the tower it's called domain's tower and the second half is within her tower once you're in her tower depending on how you do will affect the endings which with which you come across so there's multiple endings and your successes and Failures throughout the tower will affect that. It also affects the last fight, too. and it affects the yeah. last fight. So that's all. Maybe, maybe we're spoiling too much. Just don't say anything. Else. Okay. <laughs>
1: okay. Okay. We'll 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 leave it for I guess a a post release spoiler cast that we can just dive into all these elements here. We we did yes. consider that though. Absolutely, we we considered yeah. it. Good. Good. Well, Dan, I, I have a couple questions specifically for you because you're the Kickstarter guy. I had to run a
2: couple too. He ran to.
0: Was it five years ago? Yeah, uh, is Dan, Dan never fails to remind me. He's like, how
2: long ago was that? Like, five years in Kickstarter. Is, uh, uh, no, like, but but makes... Ren, really too, and you were very successful, and he did great. But, yes, three yes, I three. All... three for yeah. three. three. Oh, that's right. The third one. I forgot about that. Well,
1: I, I'm thinking about, specifically, like, Letterman Games is now very established, uh, or, you know, in the Kickstarter realm, uh, and then you also have Galactic Raptor games that you're partnering on with Carla Kopp of uh, Weird Giraffe. Yeah. And... You know, what I want to know about is hearing your perspective on the simultaneous release expansion. Because this is something that I think has been happening more and more with Kickstarter games. And I, I want to know from the publisher perspective, when you're developing a game and you say, all right, we have this game, and then you can also pay at this higher tier and you're going to get this expansion and that gets a lot of criticism by people like me as a reviewer who's like why isn't this just packed into the box if it was designed as part of the original game this feels like day one downloadable content for a video game and you know most people tend to think that sucks in the video game realm so what's your case for this from
2: the publisher perspective so i often do something that's like a 5 or 10 dollar deluxe add-on as well and part of it is You want a bigger experience for the people who want to go all in, but some people don't want to go all in either. And this game's already big, right? This is an expensive game. To begin with, it's going to be $75 on Kickstarter, and it's got 20 classes within it. So we wanted additional content, but honestly, Nick has ideas for so many different classes. Like, we can put 40 classes in this
1: thing. Nick's a monster, nonstop. He has like 50 classes.
2: And so he's got... I mean, we could do forty classes, and each class has ten to twenty cards each. And then, you know, this thing's already got over eight hundred cards. Let's push it to fifteen hundred. And you know, at some point we had to stop it, right? It did. It so, did. Right,
0: we did. Dan, yeah, we like did. Like three, we sat down and Dan cut like. 300 I three hundred cards.
2: 300 <laughs> cards in the beginning, and um, and so we have twenty classes, twenty-one right now. We may have a couple stretch goals for additional classes that we want to add. But again, it's like adding classes isn't one or two cards, so that's why they're stretch goals because we're going to add twenty or so cards in with each one. Um so we wanted something that people could add on to add more variety that felt a little different. So Nick ha- we we have an expansion pack we're offering for an additional $15. That's three more classes you can play through. And so it's kind of meant to be just kind of a small add-on, right? It's it's three additional classes. It's going to have a mini for the boss as well. And the classes are a little different. Um, so one's a spellblade, and the spellblade can like enchant weapons. So you get loot in fights, and they have weapons. But when you get the weapons, they kind of work the same for everyone. The spellblade can like enchant the weapons and things like that, right? So the spellblade can actually interact with them, which is a little different. And then there's the time mage who can sift through decks, and you know, there's no one else who can really do that. So so they're very unique in how they act, and so they felt a little bit different from the base. If that makes sense. So so we thought they were good for a small expansion. We have ideas for bigger expansions that we haven't worked on just because that would be big late game content that's released right. later. Um, but we wanted something, like I said, that's a small add-on. People who don't want to go all in or don't have a ton, ton of money could stop at the base game and still feel complete. But this adds a little more variety.
0: Right. And, and unlike video game day one DLC, right, there's a production cost involved, right? As Dan right. mentioned, cards, minis. so. Uh... Like a video game, that that content's already there. It's not like unlocking it on the disc, right?
1: Right, right. Well, I mean, there's still development cost in, in the, the people involved. You could make the argument that if we had the budget for a $60 release game, then we put that game out and then we were hoping that... We could add additional content beyond what you would normally expect for this level of game that, you know, we developed this other thing, and if you want it, you can get it. So I see the argument there. I just know that uh, in talking heads online, on message boards, on forums, everything, whether it's video games or board games, you do get a lot of criticism, and I've even given a lot of this criticism, but I, I do want to... While I'm talking to such experienced representatives of the Kickstarter world as yourselves, give voice to that and at least hear your side of like why this is something that that makes sense from a business perspective and why it may make sense from a consumer
2: perspective. I talked a little bit on the business end of, like, the cost and how people want to go in. But the one thing I didn't touch on, too, is there are some people who want who are really involved in your campaign, right? Like, there are people in your community right. who really want to help you, right? And some people I've had in other campaigns where we're almost to a stretch goal, and they're like, I'm just going to throw in additional copies of the game. I don't need it, but, like, I want to help you get there, right? <laughs> okay. And so, so things like this add incentive for people who want to add more to it that bring more funds to the campaign, Um, without, like, just forcing them to buy extra stuff that doesn't matter necessarily, you know what I mean, like, this is really additional content that people who want to contribute more, help the campaign succeed faster, can contribute more, get more content for the game that actually is really neat, playable content, but like I said, felt a little different from the base game and was kind Mm -hmm. of cut, you know what I mean, just for keeping it as a tight cost perspective. Originally, um, so now people can go, you know, a little more in. Um, it's something that we we got the art on, but again, it wasn't a huge investment for that. Um, we've developed it, but you know, I mean, adding the game the cards to the game is the biggest expense. And the, there's a mini we want to add, and again, we don't want to put too many minis in the base game. Um, but if we see there's a big, um, you know, uh, crowd that wants this, then you know, we're happy to add more into. You know, the, there's one in the expansion. We might have more stretch goals, um, and so it's just additional ways to get content that's not going to jack up the price of the base game too much. Are those pre-painted minis? We we have a set of painted minis that someone's going to paint for a high level tier in the campaign, gotcha. but they won't be within the campaign.
1: I saw some images online. I was like, it "Oh, is such a good job!" Oh <laughs> man, those look incredible. Yeah. If they're packing those in, I. I I can't imagine the cost
2: on those. We're, but. we're gonna have 20 copies of those. Um, we're we're potentially looking for more artists in case there's a demand for the painted sets, so that we could get more people. It's just we have one person doing it. And we don't want to be like, here's a hundred, uh, you know, <laughs> sets of five that you have to paint now. Well, don't
1: get me wrong. Like, the the, the sculpts on them are incredibly rad. Like, they they are beautiful, and they capture the artwork that's throughout the game. And all the promotional stuff that I've looked at online, you have such a a beautiful, vibrant tone with this game. It it feels inviting, adventuresome. It, It almost looks, in a way... Like, anime meets Pixar, and it, it's jaw-dropping. And I I want to know more about the the art direction for the game. Like, where did you start when you were like, how do we adapt the this beloved system and game and experience and overall vibe in a, a visual way? This is Nick, because he found it. He yeah, I, I, I found him J,
0: yeah, Jacob yeah. Yeah, Craft. Uh, I found him on the D&D subreddit. Uh, And he just posted uh, a couple of commissions he'd done of character classes. And I'm like, that's the style that we want. It was perfect, um, as you mentioned. If you remember the original Final Fantasy Tactics uh, art for the classes, right? It's kind of cartoony. It's nice without being too serious. And I wanted someone who could evoke that feeling.
1: And no one Uh, has a nose.
0: Right. And, uh, no, they actually have noses <laughs> in this. Right. But yeah, <laughs> nobody has a nose. Like in the cutscenes, you know, In the, the portfolio oh, pieces, no. Yeah, no noses, no noses. Not even a shadow of a nose. Just no noses. But <laughs> well, <laughs> but like yeah, you... but we wanted someone to to have that feel. And uh, so, he, uh, the sculptor, uh, Heriberto Valle Martinez, he actually did the Grim Forest minis. He loved the art so much, even so, even though he was really busy, he's like, okay, I'll sculpt uh, these characters because I love the art so much.
2: Yeah, and like Nick said, it's what I love too. Is it's. It's inviting for all, but it's not childish, right? Like it's cartoony and welcoming. And like you said, like it's very adventurous, welcoming, family friendly without being cutesy kitty necessarily, right? Like, cause there's a point where it's so family friendly. It's really too cutesy. And, you know, uh, some people won't like that because they're like, oh, that looks really childish or whatever. But it's not like TBR, Right. And this doesn't have that feel necessarily, but it's still that inviting welcome to all like kind of. Warm feeling when you see it. Kind of, know, it's just
1: it almost has like a Legend of Korra vibe. It, it oh, yes. has the yeah. these really amazing aesthetics throughout. It, it's it's approachable, and you're right. It's cartoony, but it's not childish. Like it feels like it has depth, and there's actual character imbued into the characters. And I really appreciate that. Now. As far as the game, like I could talk to you about Final Fantasy <laughs> Tactics forever. I could talk to you about me this too. game specifically forever, but I don't want you to reveal all the secrets. So, what is the the core element that you want to leave with that you think people need to know about this game if they're kind of considering it? For me, it's the class system. Like, yeah.
0: I want you to know that we tried our very best to capture that feel. I mean, it's not exactly, damn it, it's not exactly the, the the job system from Final Fantasy, but it, it, it's it's it's. What you, we wanted to see in a tabletop game of that version, so yeah. lots of lots of class building, lots of uh, freedom of, of, of movement, and uh, lot. I, I want someone to find a cool build, not even necessarily a, a a broken min-max optimized build, but something that feels fun and fits their playstyle.
2: Well, that's 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 exactly it too, right? The job class system's amazing. I said there's 20 classes and five levels within each, so that's a hundred different levels you could explore, where each one's a different card you're getting or cards, right? or, build. or build. right? And so there's always different ways to approach it. And, um, and, you know, there are times you'll end up with six or seven passive abilities and you can only use three. And what's cool is some may be good for this fight, but not for the next fight. So it's not like you always pick the same three right? Some are like, oh, you can move through obstacles or walls. And it's like, in this fight, there are some, so you slot that one in and you sacrifice something else you really like. But the next fight, you don't have any, you're like, great, I don't have to sacrifice that slot anymore. So there's a lot of every fight, you're picking what you're including in there between the loot that you're getting and the passive you're getting. And then like Nick said, I love like the Dark Knight's one of my favorites. I haven't played it in a while, because I've been trying some other um, classes, though. But like, that, you know, I thought it looked cool, so I was like, oh, I'm going to level up to that, see how the cards work out. And then when I'm playing them and actually using the actions, I was like, I really like this, you know. And then I went Warlock, the same thing, and then I went Necromancer, and I liked that better, and I stopped going towards Warlock. And you just, everyone plays something different, and they, they, they have characters that they synergize with, that, like, emotionally, or, like, the play styles. And to find that and connect with that character and play it is just really cool.
1: Well, I cannot wait, this sounds awesome. For everyone in the audience, if you're listening to this or watching this when it goes live, then that means the Kickstarter has just gone live and you should go check it out. And there's probably all kinds of information about it there. And as far as having these guys on the show, Dan, Nick, this has been a pleasure. And I need to get like the whole career, the origin story for each of you. So I would love to have you back on the show sometime so we can go over kind of the, the broad strokes of how you got to this point and where you're going from here.
2: That would be great, and and like we said, hopefully this thing, if it's, if this does gangbusters, we have a lot of cool yeah. content planned for after this for additional releases, and we'd be happy to come on and talk about that again, or like you said, recap once it's out and kind of some yeah. of the spoilers we didn't want to touch <laughs> on.
0: Yeah, like a you know, post for this interview would be yeah. really cool, like yeah. assuming the campaign be those gangbusters,
2: a uh, post yeah. would be really nice. So we'd be happy to do that for yeah. sure.
1: Well, thanks for coming on the show, guys. Thank
2: well, you, thank so, you much so much for having us. Have a good night. You too.
1: If you enjoyed this video, we have all kinds of other reviews, interviews, and recommendations via writing, podcasts, and video here on our channel and website CardboardHerald.com. Our content is audience-supported, so if you want to show your support, please visit our Patreon. Thank you so much for watching. This has been the Cardboard Herald.